Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, the Toronto Raptors are down in the Orlando bubble, the team is all together back practicing, and since the team's been together, there's been news reports coming out about different players and how they're coming back different, improved, less so from this long four-month extended break, and one of the bigger names being talked about is Marcus Gasol. We've spoken about him on the podcast, how he's lost some weight, how he's uh, how he's looking more healthy, and we've shown the pictures on Instagram and stuff, so definitely check that out if you haven't, but Gasol's looking thinner, and Terrence Davis has fed into the Marcus Gasol hype train, saying that Marcus Gasol and the practices that they've had is looking like a prime Marcus Gasol, Riker, a guy that's led those Memphis Grizzlies teams to deep playoff runs in the tough Western Conference. So I guess the, the first question I pose to you, if we're getting a prime Marcus Gasol on this Toronto Raptors as we return to action, what does that mean for this eight-game regular season? And more importantly, what does it mean for our potential playoff push? Hey, hold up, Ben. I Saying that Marcus Gasol led any Grizzlies team to any sort of playoff run is like saying that, you know, Rip Hamilton led the Pistons to any sort of playoff run that he was on. You know, you you can't, the, the Memphis Grizzlies at their best were a team that had just defensive. They made the Western Conference Finals. What? But he didn't lead them. They had defense, one of the best defensive uh, guards in the, in the whole league, Tony Allen, right? They had an amazing defensive power forward and Zach Randolph. Um, who was Mike Conley when he was actually decent? He's still trying to find his legs in Utah Jazz. I agree with where you were going until you said he led them. You know that that that's that all around team. <laughs> all right, who's the best player on that team? Because we're kind of diverging. But who's the best player on that team? I think it's clearly Marcus Hall. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is Marcus Hall's the best, but you can't say he led them. Okay, fair. Well, we're arguing over. We can put that right argument now, so. to bed. Sure enough, sure enough. Well, the <laughs> the issue, the the thing is, the the argument at hand, Ben, is that Marcus <laughs> he definitely could have joined the Biggest Losers competition. It was the the old weight loss, what do you call it, reality TV show, because he has this crazy fitness transformation. I'm sure that there's people who have put on weight during this whole lockdown thing that they'd love to get his workout plan. Albeit he is a 20 million. Mm-hmm dollar salary guy so has a lot of money to put into his body but his but he hasn't done it and so this is special now that he's willing to you know come back revitalized for the Toronto Raptors and Ben it's a good question what what would prime Marcus all bring and and the question I'm going to throw it back to you because how does weight loss impact what Marcus all does on the floor for the Toronto Raptors well he'll be more mobile and we've seen him deal with injuries and stuff and Nick Nurse has come out and say he's been more healthy but I guess I guess the fact that he's more mobile and TD brought it up saying that he's looking like a younger version of himself, a prime version of himself. And we've seen when he came to the Toronto Raptors, a lot of his stats number number because he's still a very productive guy and he's been a guy that's the offense has flowed through on a consistent basis on a on a championship roster. So he's still highly productive even since he's come back. But even those numbers have dipped. But as a guy that in the past, has been a much more volume scorer than he currently is. Because this season, he's only averaging 7.6 points. Uh, last year, he averaged 9.1 for the Raptors during his game stretch in the regular season, where even just the half last season, that half season he was with the Grizzlies, he was averaging 16 points per game. And he peaked at uh, about 19.5 for Memphis. So he's been a higher volume scorer for that team in, you know, in the past, for the Grizzlies specifically in his past seasons there. And We've always, we've our biggest gripe on the podcast, and a lot of Raptors fans' biggest gripe with Gasol is we know how skilled he is. We know everything that he brings to the table, but it seems like he's not that 
active looking for his shot. And Nick Nurse has come out and said, on top of what the, the Terrence Davis quote saying he looks like he's in his prime, he's trying to insert Marcus as a main cog in the offense, which even though he's already those guys that's passing and set things up, being more of a scoring option. So I think yeah. if Gasol but he always is looking was. like he a He always prime was guy, for two seasons. We were always looking for him. The ball goes through him since he, since he came to the Toronto Raptors. The, the offense flowed through him even if he was option number five to score. Mm-hmm. Just because of it, he was good playmaking, he's a solid veteran. And if every single night we did the eye test to say, this guy is doing everything except look for his shot down in the block or be consistent with his three-point shooting. But even that wasn't as bad as we're saying. He's not being as aggressive. So I don't know if athleticism is going to help him you know, with more rebounding because he's never been a volume rebounder. So athleticism doesn't really have anything to do with placement, which he's good at, right? Or... Or his aggressiveness, necessarily. That's something completely different. Unless his weight loss is an indication that he's taking this more seriously and also his shooting. But I would hope that it comes along. But the one thing that I would think is the big improvement, if we're looking at prime Marcus Gasol, is not his offensive output, which we would hope is you know improved. But if he was a once defensive player of the year and there are struggles at times with playing you know small ball or or i mean he's a fantastic pick and roll defender uh, at times as well if he does get pulled up but i would hope that his athleticism now or his improved physical ability would translate to he's able to be more mobile as a defender play longer games and play in the deep deep playoffs i don't know what your thoughts are about that Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, in 2012-2013, the Memphis Grizzlies' deepest playoff run, Gasol ended up winning the Defensive Player of the Year, as you brought up. So he's been a guy that's been phenomenal defensively for the Toronto Raptors. We've seen him struggle at times playing around the perimeter, specifically with those Joel Embiid pump fakes last season, even though Gasol locked him up, but there was the occasional misstep where he'd always be biting on those Joel Embiid pump fakes around the perimeter, but... if we can get an improved defensive Gasol from what we had last year, who I'd argue is one of the best defensive player centers in the league, the way he performed in the playoffs last season, that would be a huge plus for the Toronto Raptors. And especially with Kawhi gone, even though I think OG Ananobi will really step up in that as that main wing defender going up against a team like Giannis, uh, like the Bucks who have Giannis, or even the Celtics who have Jason Tatum. Having that back line of defense is essential to be mobile and build the wall as Nick Nurse sort of sort of built to really combat the uh, the Bucks offense in the Eastern Conference Finals last season. So yeah, but I think Gasol, cause, more mobile as a defensive guy, is going to be essential. Yeah, because think about it. Like the Raptors are objectively, and correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if you don't agree with this statement, but I think the Raptors are objectively better with Gasol on the floor than with him not on the floor. And I know at times when there's a small ball lineup, it's better to play, you know, just matchup-wise, Ibaka at the five, right? But I think then we lose a defensive anchor and a defensive IQ somehow from, you know, putting Marcus All on the bench. So if we do happen to find, or the Raptors happen to find themselves in a series against the Celtics, which we know would play small ball, or if they make a deep push and make it to the championship god knows who they play but you know teams do tend to favor that small ball would it not be nicer to be able to keep him out on the floor to guard perimeter guys if the chance that you know now that he's a bit thinner his lateral quickness quickness might be better yeah well that's the thing right and Serge Ibaka's taking to his game to a whole nother level this season we were talking about probably because I'd say arguably this season, Gasol, uh, Serge sorry, has been better than Gasol, even though they both dealt with injuries and stuff. Serge Ibaka's revitalized three-point shooting has 
just really taking his game to another level this year. Even though Gasol is shooting, they're both shooting about 30, 40% from the three-point line this year. So it's it's a good problem to have whether you're choosing between Gasol or Ibaka. But I completely agree, especially if we're playing a team like the Lakers who have bigger fellow, bigger guys like Anthony Davis who have a height advantage over Serge or you know a bit more mobile. Gasol, I feel, would be a better matchup for one of those guys or if they end up throwing a Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee out there. So to be able to play with those flex offense, we, we, all, we all have that PTSD from going up against a LeBron James team where he's kind of posting up in the mid post and throws those cross-court passes and then having guys like JV not mobile enough to get out there. Right, I think Gasol's mobility in that sense will be essential for playing against a team like that in the in the a team like the Lakers or even the Clippers with a Montres Hero or even a Brook Lopez with with his three point shooting Lopez, ability definitely. and then yeah. yeah and then and then be able to build that wall so to speak when Giannis is driving and then quickly get out to those bigs who can shoot threes. Yeah, Brook Lopez is like the key example there because Brook Lopez is. Mm-hmm. He's dialed it up another notch. I've never considered him to be among the upper echelon of defensive players. And uh, he's always been consistent. But this season, he's, what, three or four blocks per game on average? And then with elevated three-point shooting, you know, he's what yeah. we we expect that Gasol can be as well, quite frankly. And I'd like to also consider, you know, what you're saying about Serge Ibaka being better. I think that individually, Serge Ibaka is better this season. And I'm trying to, I want to phrase it carefully and also think about it as I'm saying it. But I think that Serge Ibaka, he shines at most when he's the guy that's doing something in order to, you know, advance the lead or bring the Raptors back when they're down. You know, he's making those mid-range shots or he's got a big block that sort of gets the, gets the team going, right? It's, it's all plays when, when it runs through him that makes the team better. I think that that's the benefit of having Ibaka out there. But I think Marcus Solid is best. Is he's not necessarily the guy scoring. It's you know he might be the, you know he might have that sec that that pass to assist right, or he might have mm-hmm. a perfect switch where he stops a a pick and roll or you know he he helps so that there's no easy dump off pass down the lane. You know little things that it's not going to show up on the box sheet or the yeah the box sheet. But um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to think about it that way, but I agree that object like that as an individual, Ibaka has been playing better. But I think that Marcusall is more valuable to have out there on the floor than Serge Ibaka. And this is not an argument to say Serge Ibaka is bad. I'm just saying if we're getting yeah. prime Marcusall, a prime defensive player of the year, and potentially more than ten points per game, Marcusall, I think that that would be something you know invaluable given how good he is at playing as a teammate. Yeah. And that, and that was the big uh, sort of trade-off we've talked about last season, right? Gasol doesn't really look to score, but then Ser- Serge Ibaka couldn't really hit the three at the same level. They're both remarkable center defenders, right? Because Serge Ibaka led the league in blocks for a large part of his career. Marcus Gasol obviously won a defensive player of the year. So both of those guys are great players to have on defense. But on the offensive end, as you brought up, Marcus Gasol is obviously a better passer. But you can run the offense. He's like a point center, so to speak, in, in the same vein Jokic is for the Denver Nuggets, while Sergi Baco is more aggressive looking for a shot and probably a better rebounder than Gasol. And when you look at it this season, right, Sergi Baca, uh, he he's shooting 10% better from three. Last year, he's, well, 11%. He shot 29% from three last season. Now he's shooting 40%, which is a, a huge markup. And it's not like he, he's actually shooting more threes this season as well, three on three, 3.3 attempts per game and 2.3 last season. So 
I think Sergi Baca's offensive output has been a has taken a remarkable jump this season, averaging 16 and 8. If you look at Gasol's box score, averaging 7 and 6, it's a lot less visually appealing, as you said, looking at the box score. But if we can expect, as Terrence Davis brought up, whether it be due to the weight loss or due to just maybe practicing, getting a chance to really rest up and then amp up his training regimen. We don't really know why why everyone's saying he's remarkably looking like a prime Gasol, because I feel like that would have to be more than just losing a few pounds. But he, if we're looking at a 2013, 2012-2013 Gasol on a team with a lot of good players around it in the same vein the Toronto Raptors are right now, he averaged 14 points per game for that team, eight rebounds, put in four assists. So you know, I, I think that's comparable to Serge Ibaka's stats this season, even though uh, Serge averages a couple more points. But the added value of Gasol, if we're getting a prime Marc Gasol that can put up those types of numbers, I think I, having those two bigs as your options is a is a great problem to have for Nick Nurse. Yeah, and here's the close-it-down argument, Ben. It's a circle it back to what you said, what would the impact be of having a prime Marc Gasol during this playoff push is that if we're saying prime is 2012-2013 Western Conference Finals Marcus Gasol, where you sort of won the argument to say he was the best player on that team that featured Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, Mike Conley, Conley. Tayshaun Prince, Mike Miller, right? This was this was a good team that made it to the Western Conference Finals. There's no argument that the Raptors are a better team than that 2012-2013 Grizzlies and uh, Marcus All wouldn't even be looked at to be the number one or number two guy, and we know he can play well as a mm-hmm. as a as a teammate. So if we have the prime version of him on a better team where he's not even needing to be the number one option, then I mean it's that that's good. I don't know how you quantify it, but it's good. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be essential playing against the the Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers, but. Yeah, let's know what you guys think. We've, we've talked about Marcus All, and we didn't even bring up... Because he... Maybe if it's a... I guess we could talk close on this, maybe. What if we get a Marcus All, and this is a super, I guess, optimistic point of view. But let's just take Terrence Davis's words from completely perfect value and look at Marcus All's best box score season. If we can get a Marcus All averaging 20 points per game and 6 rebounds like he did in 2016-2017 season where he was also an All-Star... What what would you say if Marcus All came back and averaged twenty points per game, Ricker? Well, that's the tough one though, Ben, because you, for somebody to score, somebody else d- doesn't, right? And yep. it, so it's not like it's not like Marcus Saul was taking an empty ten shots per game that he would just start to make. Now he would be because his his volume of shots would take away from someone else's volume. So I don't know. He'd have to come back, be a twenty point per game guy that's more efficient than somebody else who would normally take that volume of shots. So. I don't know. I, I wouldn't even be able to comment on it, Ben. What do you think? I think it would be interesting, especially where we've seen the biggest issue with the Raptors is kind of scoring consistently down the clutch against good teams. That's where most of our losses have come from, and Siakam definitely improved in that area over the course of the season. We saw him close a lot of great games before the, the season obviously went on break, specifically the Utah one, the Golden State, the Sacramento Kings, even when he wasn't having the best sort of nights, but... To have another guy, because if there's one thing I remember about Marc Gasol, watching watching him play for the Grizzlies back in 2013, 2014, 2015, it seemed like he'd always be hitting these clutch shots for the Grizzlies. He'd always be finding plays for ways for them to win, and they'd usually be with him scoring at the end of the game, making a post shot, and 
even though it's always great to see someone shoot a fadeaway in the corner like Kawhi did over Joel Embiid, and those shots are always exciting, or DeMar DeRozan shooting a fadeaway, having a guy that you can go to in the block to get an easy bucket, right, especially if Siakam is struggling, I think it would be really nice to have Gasol confident as an option to score down the stretch of games. And, you know, if it, if we obviously him scoring 20 points per game would reflect he's he's a main cog in the offense, as Nurse has brought up. And, you know, more so looking for the ball and stuff. So it's interesting. I think the biggest asset would be getting easy shots down the stretch of games if he's a if he's a prime scoring Marcus Gasol. Yeah, well, if he was a seven-point-per-game guy, I guarantee you he could easily be a 13-point-per-game guy just on not passing up offensive rebounds and low blow yeah. low block uh, <laughs> opportunities because that that would mean one Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet would become more efficient right because if you're getting the offensive yeah. rebound you only got 14 seconds left on the shot clock he usually messes around for like three or four seconds before he passes it out right so just take those shots and you'd easily get an extra six to eight points per game and that that would that would be what I'd like Ben and that has nothing to do with weight loss nothing <laughs> running calls to nah, shoot nah. the shots under the basket I'll close on this with a question how many shots do you think Marcus all averages per game how many field goal attempts attempts uh f- yeah I would say um I would say six and I'd say four of those are threes ooh Ooh, you're right on the button. Six point six and four threes. Yeah, uh, three point. Yeah, three point five rounds <laughs> up, bro. Nice <laughs> on the money. Yeah, get those field goal attempts up, and that'll be good for Gasol. But let us know what you guys think. Do you guys want to see Marcusol? Uh, want to see how do you think what prime Marcus Hall will play on this team? Obviously, everyone would want, would want to see a prime Marcus Hall, but you're the best to make it as far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff, especially the Instagram. It's been really popping lately, so definitely check that out. Any last words, Riker? Zip, Ben. Cheers.